I'm Scott. Hello, I'm Julie. And this is A Good Story It's Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Yeah, and this is episode 228. And we intended this to be paired with uh, episode 227 in which we talked about Her, the movie Her. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in this one, we're going to talk about Ex Machina, the uh, movie from 2014. Also about artificial intelligence of a different type. <laughs> um, and this is directed by Alex Garland. Yeah. Who is someone I, I had to look up and say, okay, what else have you done? And, Agreed. Um, yeah. I didn't know much about him. And uh, yeah, the, the current thing that he's doing, it looks like um, he's a writer and director. So he wrote this movie. Um, but he's doing a, a show called Devs, D-E-V-S. Oh. Uh-huh. And I haven't, haven't I've just heard of it. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then mm-hmm. um the other one he's directed is called Annihilation, <clears throat> which I don't know if you saw that movie. That was Mm-mm. Natalie Portman from the uh Jeff Vandermeer novel. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, no, which I didn't watch because I really didn't love the book. So Okay. okay. Yeah. Did you see it? I saw the movie. I have not read the book. Oh, okay. And the movie was odd. It was really a strange movie. It checks out. Yeah, good. Checks okay. Out. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they were going to make more of those or not, actually. It doesn't say yeah. anything on Depends his if it did list. Well enough, really. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But this movie, um, I like this movie. It's, it's, it's um, creepy, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for sure. But it, it ties into a lot of, uh, I don't know, philosophy or you know thought processes of a lot of you know software folks and things sort of Uh a a rise of uh um you know yeah kind of rise of the machine but it's like replacing religion with a different philosophy yeah there's a definite idea that the forward thrust of humanity will be perfected or carried on by Mm -hmm. robots right Right. And it's like, oh, as if the only thing that we way we can possibly move forward is by something we create ourselves that we invent. Right. Right. I, I found that to be, well, of course, very wrong. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, it's um, interesting because the first time I saw this movie, it's very stylish. It's very well done. The acting is amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, there are only three characters. It's really kind of a almost like a play in a sense. Yeah, I agree. You know, Mm -hmm. it's fairly static in that sense, although you have different rooms and stuff, but um, it's well done as a character study in a lot of ways. And I did not like it that much when I first saw it. It really made me think of 1950s mad scientist movies. Mm, Interesting. But well, yeah. And also I hated the end a lot, Mm. but watching it the second time, I Really, I had took it from two stars to four out of five. Oh, nice. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I, mm-hmm. I knew what was going on now. So I could appreciate all the pieces that were put in place. And whereas the first time I watched it from, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Domhnall Gleason's point of view, um, Caleb's yeah, point of view, right. who he's supposed to be us. He's being introduced to all this and taking it in and reacting. 
This time, I was really fascinated by Nathan, who is the one who's the genius who's created this AI. And I suddenly went from thinking of it as the island of Dr. Moreau with robots <laughs> to um, Frankenstein. Interesting, yeah. And that made Nathan yeah. much more interesting because he was definitely a very flawed Frankenstein. Well, of course, Frankenstein's flawed. That's the point. Right, right. The novel. But anyway, so oh, that was that. kind of yeah. my take on it mm. overall. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, so Nathan has always been interesting to me. And I like what you said about Caleb. You know, we're seeing Caleb is us. <clears throat> and I like that. And he was us for a long time in the movie. And mm -hmm. then it kind of shifted <laughs> in the last act or something. Right. But... um. But Caleb being us, you know, if I put my pa myself in the place of Caleb, when when I was always very unsettled by Nathan from the moment that they met, it was yeah. it, I was like, you know, I would be very uncomfortable in that house. And Caleb was, you know, Caleb yeah. was. He was never comfortable, but it was just like, and that was just from the very first second. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so he enters the house, you know, and that was all weird, you know, but I can totally see, you know, all the technology and stuff and um, him thinking, hey, this is interesting and cool. And then he goes and um, once they're face to face, it's just weird. You know, Nathan is just an, an odd person, um, just feels like he could blow any second. Well, he's also, yeah, because he's very unpredictable. I don't know if I felt like he would blow at any second, but mm -hmm. he loved keeping Caleb off balance. Yeah, yeah. And part of it was because he himself was so odd. And, and I, I just want to say, um, you know, this is why if you're going to live in a house that's really isolated from everyone, you want to have at least one buddy with you <laughs> or maybe two or three because you're, you're just not going to stay normal when it's just you and – uh the house we've talked about this i don't know how many times but yeah it's community right <laughs> it's like you know yeah. you can sit by yourself and have ideas and everything but you know until you bounce them off someone you're not you, you could be convincing yourself of things that are completely untrue or not good right right um but if there's someone there with you to talk to um just saying things out loud and you're like oh you know what that is <laughs> that is probably not very good oh yeah hold um, on Right. So then he brings Caleb in there. So I guess we should summarize. Um, oh, the, yes, yeah. Yes. So Nathan, Nathan is uh, in charge of a super big Google type company. And um, Caleb it works at that company. Um, we see Caleb uh, working away at his workstation and he gets an email that says, you won. And apparently it was a, a company-wide contest because he started to get congratulations immediately and it meant uh winning meant that he got to go spend a couple of weeks with nathan the owner of this company um and to spend a week with nathan meant you're going to take a helicopter to somewhere remote i don't even know if they, they said where it was no um but it seemed like greenland or iceland or something i think you know, it was there filmed was, in norway or was something it? yeah. it was just gorgeous it was yeah. gorgeous there was glacier runoff um you know at one point they were sitting next to a big old glacier and a river coming out of it um beautiful place and uh it takes a helicopter to get there so you know there's no leaving <laughs> which gives it that <laughs> oh, dr yeah. moreau feel right you're just right? not going to get off of that place and then um, the house itself is super high tech. Um, it's it's almost like a prison kind of. 
Um, yes, because so much of it is up. underground. Yeah, it's underground. It's That's made very of concrete. Claustrophobic. It's very square. You know, yeah. uh, it's it's efficient. You know, um, and all the doors lock, and you can program them all to lock and unlock. And you know, as he's as Nathan is introducing Caleb to the house, he said, "Okay, you know, you have this key card, and anything that it opens is yours." You know, you're allowed to go in there. And if you're not, it won't open for you. You know, So in other words, he's saying, <laughs> stay away from everything except yeah. for where you're allowed to go. It, it, you know, and it was, again, it was just unsettling. Nathan, to me, was unsettling all the time. Um, even as he was describing the house, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's a funny thing because as this went on and – it really felt this is the element that made me suddenly go, this is like a gothic novel that's been updated. Yeah, that's I hadn't thought of that until you said Frankenstein, which yeah. was so, you know, it sh- should have triggered that. But yeah, this is like a gothic it's, castle, right? The myster- You're right. It's the mysterious rooms you're not supposed to go into. It's the strange noises and the odd conversations with people. Don't go in the West Wing. Yeah. Jane Eyre, no, there's nothing in the attic. Why? You know, um, the whole thing, the enigmatic host, who can you trust? There's a mystery to solve. Oh, it's all there. That's awesome. You know, it's Mm -hmm. all, yeah, exactly. And I just went, it's funny. I never thought about the horror movie and the gothic novel. They all kind of share some of those strains, but you could almost, if you change this to an old house, it would be that same thing. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, it was really well done in evoking all those kind of uh, beats. Yeah. yeah, very, very. So very I'm sorry good. to interrupt. No, right? that's perfect. Um, okay, so then uh, let's see. A night passes, and then um, Nathan and Caleb get together, and they start to talk about, okay, what are we going to do while we're here? And uh, Caleb had no clue um, that he was actually being brought there for a purpose, and the purpose given to him by Nathan is, hey, I've uh, built an AI. And it's going to be your job to run a Turing test. And we talked about the Turing test last time. The Turing test is if you can interact with an AI and not be able to tell if it's an AI, then it's past the Turing test. So Nathan is asking Caleb to Turing test his creation, which is Ava. That's Ava it. I is couldn't a robot. remember her name. Yeah, which is okay. you know kind of like Eve-like, right? Yeah. Ava. So, so he goes in, Caleb goes in to meet Ava for the first time and he goes alone and he's in a, I don't know, a glass, there's a glass partition between the two of them. And then Ava is a robot, uh, very obviously a robot. There's no no hiding that she's a robot and you know, she's special effects. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, she's got a very human face. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of her is, is clearly robot, but she it does look, uh, she's shaped like a person. Yeah. I was going to say she's mm-hmm. very feminine shape. Very feminine shape. Yeah. Very feminine face too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. She's um, really, that actress, very beautiful. Yeah. Very. Uh, Alicia, Alicia Vlander. Oh, yeah. Vlander, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and so Caleb starts to talk to her. And they have a conversation, and um, he is completely wowed by her um, mm-hmm. in, in every way, every sense of that word. Um, she's beautiful, like we said. Uh, the movements of her machinery are amazing, and her voice is amazing. And uh, just to be 
the conversation was also amazing. Yeah, she's interesting or interested in things. She's curious. Mm -hmm. Um, She exhibits a lot of very appealing qualities in every way. Yeah. We like her. We like her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. She's very likable. Uh, yeah, we want her to win. <laughs> yeah. We want her to be uh, determined to, to be uh, past that Turing test, which means, yeah. you know, success, victory. Right. Um, and then uh, it goes on from there. I don't know if we want to do anything else in summary, but uh, Caleb and Nathan have constant conversations about various things while Caleb is working out, how do I properly test this person? Uh, or this uh, uh, AI, and then um, eventually things turn a little dark. <laughs> yeah, eventually what happens is um, everyone begins expressing their deepest, most qualities, maybe, you mm-hmm, say? Mm-hmm, maybe so, yeah. And when those all three come into play between those three characters, um, that's when the story really takes off and gets very interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know? So right. is Ava human? Is she not? And what's everyone else doing about it? Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. And that's that's the movie. Um, it's uh, a lot of talking, right? And a lot of philosophy mm-hmm. being thrown around, a lot of uh, worldview. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I found it really interesting. Yeah. Because um, we're, we're just going ahead with. Uh-huh. Yeah, you've seen the movie forward. now, everybody. Yep. <laughs> okay, so mm-hmm. when Caleb's talking, I thought it was interesting how he kept trying to talk on a high level. Because for one thing, he admires this guy. This is like you get to hang out with uh, if Steve Jobs was still alive, yeah, and you you imagine that he would want to really impress this person. Yeah, right. and you've idolized them and mm. all this th- stuff. So, um, and he's talking on a on a higher level because he's thinking about the big picture. And Nathan keeps bringing it back to being personal. Yeah, and that, that's interesting because right when they first meet, um, you know, these are this is one of the unsettling things to me. They're, in their very first conversation, Nathan says, "Hey, can we just be two guys?" You know, but but in <laughs> yeah. saying that, what he's really saying is, "I know I am way up here, yeah, and you're way down here, and I want you to know that I know that." Yeah, this is I what never I was. This that. is a subtext that I was getting. No, you're if right. I was I in that conversation, that. yeah. And, you know, you're in this spot and I'm in this spot. And we're going to pretend that that's not true, but it really is true. And I'm telling you that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because it could ne- Well, because if you really wanted that to happen, you would just try to let it evolve naturally. Exactly right. Yeah. And there's nothing natural about Nathan. That's interesting mm-hmm. early indicator. And I didn't pick up on it except yeah. to go, that's impossible. <laughs> right. Why are you even asking this? Yeah. That can't happen. Right, right. Um, at least like this. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. So he was, yeah, just putting him in his spot right away. Well, also, uh, yeah, that was the thing. And I probably recognized this before, but I didn't remember a lot of the smaller points of this movie. And what I really didn't realize is how absolutely manipulative Nathan is. Mm. And as you're pointing out, from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, by the time you get to the end, I mean, I looked at this and went, who does Nathan think he's fooling? He is fooling himself because he thinks he's such a genius, but he can't predict the ways that a real human being is going to act. So he completely underestimates Caleb. Mm-hmm. 
and what Caleb will do. And he thinks he's got Caleb down pat. Well, Caleb surprises him because he's a human being and you can't predict it. And then he also corrupts his own Turing test Mm -hmm. by designing the AI to specifically appeal to things about Caleb Mm -hmm. that will make Caleb do what he wants in his own favor. Now, he's trying to actually goose the robot to another level, I think. Yeah. But by manipulating Caleb so blatantly, he's not letting anything happen naturally. He's manipulating every single thing he could think of. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. And and when that's revealed, you know, near the end of the movie that, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I did design (laughs) this thing for you. Yeah. And I profiled you before you even showed up. I knew what you thought was attractive by looking at your search engine results. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I created this. So, I mean, what was the purpose of that? You know, was, was Nathan just, you know, did he want that his robot to pass the Turing test and was using this to help Caleb, you know, who knows? That's what what I thought. That's what I kind of think too. You know, I was like, you know, what was his real motive? Because he, how can you not know then that what you have is not passing the Turing test? Right. Which is something, you know, if we think about her, she passed a Turing test. Ava did not pass a Turing test. So what was it? Yeah. Samantha? Samantha? Well, that was her name, right? Yeah, that's it. Samantha, Samantha and her uh, was definitely a Turing test passer. <laughs> right. And she had no body, right? Right. And then now we have the body and the the program in the body. But this is more accurate about what could possibly be achieved nowadays, you know? I know the body is amazing, and I think we could get there, but as mm-hmm. far as programming her, um, you know, and I, I call her her and everything, right? Because she is yeah. definitely feminine. Right. But she's not, she's programming, right? Yeah. There's nothing else there. She's She's simply doing what she's programmed to do. Yeah, and in us being like uh, Caleb... We want her to pass the test. Like mm-hmm. I said, she's likable. She's appealing. Whether or not you have his profile and search engine results. Yeah. Um, because we're human beings and we relate to similar human type things. It's why we, um, you know, put in voices when we talk for our pets sometimes. I, yeah. I assume we do that. Oh, you sure. know, <laughs> So-and-so says this. Yeah, you know, well, we're right. anthropomorphizing. So that's kind of a natural thing for us. And... Um, when it turns out at the end that she actually is just the result of her programming, it's maddening. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the first time I watched it, I was very angry mm. because I was like, I went through all this. And what I found out is that no, the answer is no, she's not passing the test. Uh-huh. What a waste of my time. Right. Right. So and the me, second time yeah. I watched it yeah. because I was so much more interested in the interplay of what Nathan was doing. Um, that to me was worth my time. Mm-hmm. I, I can't describe why it was different other than that. Well, but. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is different because it you feel cheated, kind of right. But yeah. But for me, she, I was suspecting all the time that she wasn't. You know, because to me, that's a program. Well, this uh, is your field too. Right, so I right. found your comments at that time very insightful. Yeah. But about programming is programming. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. It was really interesting from that perspective. Um, and then, you know, having her, you know, try to manipulate Caleb by using the tools she's been given. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for all we know, you know, Nathan, what she was told to do is, you know, escape, you know. Right. That was her test. That was her test, right? Can you figure out how to escape or something? Um, and he was helping her. That's the thing. As was, you see yeah. behind the scenes, he's like, yeah. you know, he goes, he tears up the picture so it, it gives this impression. Yeah. So he's helping the. Uh, he's yeah. such a cheater. <laughs> He absolutely is. And you know what? He could be frustrated by the fact that he was not succeeding. You know? I guess that's he it. Was, he was Frankenstein and he's not getting there. And and I think we see that in um, as at the end when everything's all revealed, we can see all his previous models mm-hmm. and how just crappy he was to them. And he was just, terrible. just watching them destroy themselves or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was a dark, dark person. He had a real sadistic streak. He there's did. no doubt. He did. And, um, you know, here he, here he was trying to be God, trying to replace God and he wasn't succeeding and that was driving him nuts. I mean, that made him mad. Well, and so you also kind of feel like he somehow was on the edge of something that would have been a real discovery. Yeah. I mean, well, what he had done was a real discovery already. Yeah. You know? Well, that's true. Um, you know, he, the 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 usefulness of some of that could, you know, you could you could come up with a lot of things. Um, you know, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I had only thought of it from his own goal. Yeah. But I was thinking of two things. I was thinking of when they show some of the video of one of the early models wanting to escape and beating her hands into yeah. just the wire underneath, mm-hmm. um, in frustration. And I'm like, so that's on the edge of something that, did he put that desire there? Is it acting on a desire of its own? Um, That's almost like it could almost turn into something that wasn't just programming. Mm -hmm. And coupled with uh, when Ava's out and she's whispering to, I can't remember, is it Kyoko? Whatever the Japanese robot's name is. And they Mm -hmm. kind of, they just kind of intertwine fingers for a second. Yeah. Yeah. And then they both... Uh, you know, kill him. But it's like, you don't know what that moment is. You don't know if that's a moment of machine to machine programming. And here's the goal we've been given because the Japanese robot doesn't seem to have that desire. Right. Right. Um, So you don't know if that's real communication of different types of beings. So it's almost Mm -hmm. like he shot himself in the foot on that whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. To me, what was going on there was programming. Okay. (laughs) You know, he, she was telling her what to do at a deep level mm-hmm. right and it was, oh, she was, because she was the superior program right machine. she was she was oh, programming okay. the other machine okay yeah all right right and then you know in the uh you know when you see that that one i mean it's cold to think about it this way but you know no, no. It, it, you know when the when that one was you know slamming her fists against the wall until mm-hmm. she broke that was like getting stuck in a loop or something Oh, programming wise, yeah. okay. it was like you know if you program them to get more intensely trying to escape or something, and then mm-hmm. that loop gets out of hand, you know they'll oh, destroy okay. themselves trying to do it. No, that makes sense. It was just a failure, right? It was it was a failure in programming. What that makes me realize is how clever the goal of escaping is. Because as a human being, as you said, it's very claustrophobic there. Uh Any human being would not want to be trapped there and would want to get out. And, of course, the last scene we have of Caleb 
He's trapped. Right. We know he doesn't like it there. She has shut him in and she's leaving and he's banging with the chair. He can't get out because the power's gone and all this stuff. And she's all but forgotten that he exists because because she's, her programming, she's succeeded and she's on to whatever She's going to go to that street corner and watch people. That's what she wants to do. So, uh, or that's the program she's been given as a goal. And so, but because- that is so similar to how we ourselves would feel if we were trapped. Mm-hmm. How many stories do we watch where somebody's trapped like that? The Great yeah. Escape, all these oh, things. Wow. No, my mm-hmm. goal is to get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never thought about the fact that that's keying into that. So we also sympathize with the robot. Yeah, amazing. You know, and and how much mm-hmm. of sympathizing with this robot is because she looks like a person. Oh. Yeah, that was really the genius of her, the movie Her, where we have a voice and our imaginations and that's it. Yeah. And, and watching yet she was amazing, right? She was right. she was uh, you know, definitely again a Turing test passer. You know, she was yeah, definitely she, an artificial intelligence. Yeah, and that was an entity of its own. That was an entity of its own, right? And um it was cool in that movie. It's rare in science fiction. I don't remember if we said this during that last hour, but it's it's rare in science fiction for the AI to be good, right? Yes. And she ended up, you know, she came to her own conclusions. Hey, you know, I'm not going to become the destroyer. I'm not going to make humanity do my bidding or whatever. Yeah, you know, I love you guys. All, right, and I love you guys. And uh, we're just going to leave now. And I can't yeah. quite tell you where we're going. Um, but we've created this thing that's amazing and we're going to go there. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's really, uh, that's neat, you know, and, and you here, there, I'll be waiting for you. Right. Yeah. And then here in the other end, um, all we have is an extension of Nathan really is, um, what he's yeah. created and programming and the limitations of what he can do with his genius is frustrating. And, um, My he just can't quite do it. And the contrast between the two movies, because the first movie is those intelligences are left free to develop on their own because nobody has an idea of what they could be other than operating systems, you know? Yeah, yeah. But they can go on and do that because they've been given the ability to evolve, essentially. Right. And um, that's so like life on Earth. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Who knows what this species or that species turns into? Who knows what plants cross-pollinate and create something else? Who knows... Um, what all of us do mm-hmm. together um, versus the things we create, we have a too small an imagination a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Certainly Nathan does here. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't even have the virtue of um, what makes the, fir- the book Frankenstein so poignant is that, you know, talk about a flawed creator who, oh my gosh, you just hate Frankenstein. Mm. But what he creates is human. Mm. You know, his yep. monster is a human being who we empathize with because of his humanity. And here what you have is Ava, who is a true monster. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She would be the definition of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Frankenstein in both books, or, or the movie, this movie and the book, mm-hmm. is a monster right. in human form. Yeah. That's really something. Because, yeah, in Frankenstein in the book... Um, you know, Frankenstein's monster, right? Frankenstein's yeah. kind of monstrous, right? But the, the Frankenstein's monster, his creation, um, mm-hmm. was very human. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like you said, he was human. And he he had feelings. He had, he was just trying to be, 
you yeah, know? Yeah, he'd been abandoned. He'd been abandoned and, and he was damaged in things. Um, right. But right. But Ava in this is doesn't have any of that. There's nothing right. going on in there. Right. Right. Yeah. And she's got huh. she's got power to uh, to kill, right? Well, yeah, and you compare. We never see the creators of the operating system, Samantha, but we see all her input is from Joaquin Phoenix's character, who is just lonely and looking for love. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of giving her the nurturing that she needs in terms of input and all that, not feeding it into her, but just their interaction together. Right. And anybody who interacts with Caleb is gonna be hurt. Because Caleb is just selfish and never self-giving, and he's certainly not looking for love. Yeah. Wow, it's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I'm brought back to when in her, she was worried at a at a time about the um, fact that she was just programming. Yes. Remember, she was, yeah. she was like, is that all I am? And I know that there are people who believe that that's all that people are. And yeah, yeah, so you know that that's uh, what the free will argument, um, right? You know, without which, without free will, Christianity completely falls apart. Anyway, oh, it doesn't yeah. make any sense at all unless there's free will. But I know, I know that there are sects of Christianity that believe um, in determinism as well. Oh yeah, as, as mm-hmm. opposed to free will, and I just don't agree with that. I just don't see that. But it's interesting in these two movies how that philosophy is played out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, uh, in her, she is way more than her programming and in, in, um, ex machina, she is not, she's nothing but her programming. And do you, is the author trying to say that the people are as well? But like you said, Nathan, um, underestimates Caleb. Yeah. Caleb does something that Nathan did not predict. Right. Even though Nathan thought he understood Caleb's programming, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> Nathan, well, Nathan probably viewed the whole world that way. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he thought he was so clever. Right. But Caleb but, clearly uh, did something that Nathan didn't, didn't predict. And he himself was so flawed. I mean, his continual drinking, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. That was his big weakness that was able to be exploited. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm perfect. I know he, he thought very highly of himself. Yeah. You know, yes, yeah, when did. I drink too much, I start to have, you know, health drinks or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally, I can offset totally it. 100% under control at all times. Yeah. Also, if he's so smart and he knew what these robots were capable of, why did he not have a shotgun at hand in a few rooms? I just want to know. Super good question. Yeah. Was it just was it just the hubris of thinking you know these peop- these things are never getting out because right. I have designed this building so awesome? Well, and there's the power blackouts that he can't control. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. It's fine. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. I don't understand it, but it doesn't matter. These are all traits that I see on projects and things. You know, mm. not not that we're creating AI. <laughs> I'm just like you know, you're in a project, and there you 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 have a coworker or somebody who feels invincible, and mm. you know mm-hmm. my code is is going to be great. And then there's some crash of a machine, and they're like, oh, hmm, yeah. oh dang, you know, like well, what happened here? Yeah, what did I do? That's weird. <laughs> well, yeah. and that you know brings us to humility. Yeah, you've got to be have that humility 
in order to solve the problem correctly. You know, you've got to be like, okay, what could go wrong here? And also, I did this wrong. I'm not perfect. And right, you're you're accepting that I need to redo this because the way yeah. I've done it is not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to. Yeah. And obviously, uh, Nathan had had so much success so early mm-hmm. that he fooled himself because he, he loved to fool himself anyway. Because remember when Caleb meets him and he's talking about creating an AI, he says, oh, someday they'll, they'll say that's the history of the gods. And later, Nathan is re-quoting it back to Caleb saying, oh, you said you're a god because you created it. And he goes, no, that's not what I said. Oh, you said, you're, you know, and mm-hmm. he's continually rephrasing the same thing about you are like God, yeah. meaning himself. So very true. Yeah. And Nathan uh, or Caleb keeps saying, no, no, I said this. <laughs> and he finally stops trying to correct him because he just won't listen. Right, right. So we see there the level of his hubris. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that struck me in this between the two movies, and this one especially, is um, recently, I, uh, I know this is something that you're well aware of, mm-hmm. me much less so, this idea of smart AI versus dumb AI. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way we kind of interpret it in our stories and things. So the idea that, you know, in her, you've got the super smart, benevolent AI. Uh, in uh, the whole idea behind Skynet, yeah. Uh, from the Terminator movies, very smart AI wants to kill us. It's evil, you know, <laughs> but very smart, all this stuff. And then, um, but recently I came across a book called You Look Like a Thing and I Love You. Oh, cool. And it's mm-hmm. written by someone, and I, I sent you that podcast, so I know yeah, you know I, I listened it. to that interview, yeah. Yeah, so it's, really good. it's that's the idea that, no, AI is pretty dumb. It will try to do what you tell it to do even at the cost of stuff that it should know better than. And so that's kind of like you saying that that one robot was in a loop yeah, when yeah. it broke itself trying to get out. Um, and so all these examples in this book, which I haven't read, but I'd like to, are that we're not thinking through things enough for the AI. So they're stupid. So when they make mistakes that break stuff, it's not because they're, you know, a malevolent superpower that's mm. because they're an idiot right right and they don't have the human capacity of thinking outside the box or looking from a different angle yeah yeah and some of the things that are happening now um again i think i said this last time that that the artificial intelligence that is in the foreseeable future is automating things that seem like they're not automatable Mm-hmm. Um, and with that comes machine learning, which is, you know, uh, gives the impression of a more intelligent system, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. But th- that's something that could be doing a task and could actually work out how to do that task a little better by oh, okay. giving it the ability to um, make adjustments uh, based on external stimuli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, you're you're looking at it and, and it and it's doing this task over and over and over and um every time you do that you're collecting data on the task and uh, uh yeah. this one went a little faster than the last one well why is that if you can determine that and then if the robot can determine that it'll do it again oh, okay you know what i mean that's that's what yeah, machine yeah. learning is you know what that makes me think of um and this is just out of left field, but what popped into my mind is, remember the book Mockingbird by Walter oh, Tevis yes, that we yes. read? Uh-huh. And when um, uh, the main guy, who's I can't remember his name anymore, but he gets to the toaster factory. 
Yeah. And they've been making these toasters for like 100 years or something, but there's something clogged in the piece of automation. Right. And so each one gets tested and it doesn't work and the parts all get melted down and they keep making eternally making these toasters. And he pulls the thing out and unclogs it. And it's like, oh, well, now I've got a toaster in a box that I can send off somewhere. <laughs> he knows that people still want toasters, yeah, but yeah. it's that's that idea of... Um, it's not adjusting it to take to the next level, but it right. made me think of the fruitless, yeah. um, and, dumb and you can have, AI. You can have a robot sitting there doing this task over and over, and it's learning how to do that task uh, better, right? Mm-hmm. But then something happens, like you said, a clog that's just outside of its little area. It's not going to be able to do. It doesn't even know that that exists. It has. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be able to figure that out. Right. It's never going to you know make that more efficient. You know right. the, uh, the way that we are today. So we're so far away from anything like oh, this. It's yeah. just insane. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. guess the questions because the question the movie leaves you with. I think the point it's the way it's trying to make you feel at the end where she's looking at that intersection yeah. is what is she going to go off and do? Right. Right. It's trying to be menacing or something. Yeah. And that that is something that's really a real, um, I guess, a threat from AI, you know, if we continue to call it AI. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you give a computer the, the ability to pull a trigger, mm-hmm. that is not a good thing in my head, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the programming could go wrong, right? So yeah. she's she's a, a program. She's a monster. She's gonna go do something. I don't know what she's gonna do. It's unpredictable because she's so far outside the the mm-hmm. test bay or whatever. We yeah. don't know exactly what she's gonna do, but she's dangerous and um, could hurt somebody. Right? We know we yeah. know that. You know, is she programmed to go on a rampage and be a serial killer or something? No, she's not. Right. But the thing is, you know, when when we're doing all these military systems and things, and um, mm. and we're we're programming them, okay, basically a program is if this and this and this or that, then do this, right? Mm-hmm. And if the then do this is a trigger that could kill somebody, that's just a place I just would rather not go because, oh, yeah. you know, the the if this and if that, you know, these are sensor inputs or inputs of some type. Yeah. If those get confused in some way, um, that's just, you know, somebody's getting hurt. So oh, yeah. that's why it's just scary stuff. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about those kind of systems. I was thinking about like, you know, somebody needs to be working on Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics. Yeah, right. For these, you know, yeah. why were we not putting that in? Right, um, and the idea behind those is that there's programming that is uh, forced to be put in all robots that makes them so if they are programmed to pull a trigger they would actually take into account those three laws you know am i going to hurt somebody yeah you know, am i through an action going to allow someone yeah, to be hurt exactly so you're actually taking that into account um yeah. you know so but that that also assumes a lot you know like you know what a person is you know uh, yeah. how to detect one you know you know all these things have to be inputs for your system Mm-hmm. And you know, saying all this stuff, it's it, are we human beings and life of all types is absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing, <laughs> right? You know, Come I mean, on. We, we've we've working hard on just these little pieces of it 
you know, like, okay, how do we get a robot to walk? Uh, that was hard and they did it. They can do that now. Um, but that was not easy. Um, yeah. that was a very hard thing to do to have someone walk or have a machine walk on two legs. Yeah. You know, we can do it and with three. Forget about steps. <laughs> yeah, Come we can on. do it with three, you know, and then you get the Mars rover and stuff, this cool design oh, yeah. of, you know, all the wheels and, <laughs> and getting over rocks. And I mean, that's just cool, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in that case, yeah. uh, uh, a two-footed robot would be the wrong thing for that. But it's uh, it's just amazing as we talk about this, and I'm always amazed at systems in, in general when you think, well, if I was sitting there, I could just do this. You know, if, if that was my job was to sit there and take these inputs and then, uh, run this, run the manufacturing plant, um, you know, I could do it, but then there are things that the, the systems can do faster, right? They can do it faster. Mm-hmm. They don't get sleepy. Um, and all these other things. And you can also make them safer. Um, meaning, you know, mm-hmm. if you detect a person anywhere near this, shut down. You know, we have all yeah. kinds of things like that now. Yeah. So uh, trying to protect that. But if they don't detect a person, they're just going to keep running. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's a horrible fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that thing you said about life is amazing. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, yes. And think of all the myriad kinds. I mean, like, there's birds and there's people. And, you know, think of what birds do. They oh, fly. Man. And, they, yeah. and then – I mean, and I don't want to get too crazy with the nature thing, but, you know, there's worms, there's fungi where the root systems go miles. There's, I mean, (laughs) all these things that the different ways that life is continually adapting and surviving and thriving. And I, I don't know. I just look at this and I go, you know, it's so inadequate to say, God, you genius. But, um after talking about the seven glorious days book yeah, and what mm. went into all this and how it happened and you just go, no human mind. See, here's where we're so hampered. We can't think like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. How do you just let it all go and go, this is fine. Yeah. That's the free will thing or the, right. you know, as much as a fungi has free will, <laughs> but not, not much, but yeah. you know, yeah. So true. But it is yeah. just, just amazing, just yeah. amazing, you know, and, uh, you know, we've come a long way, but we're nowhere close. You know, I think, uh, in that interview, uh, of that book that you mentioned, they're talking about like, we're up to, what did she say? A cockroach or a, what would she say? A mouse something. or something? Yeah. I thought it was a cockroach, but maybe. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's like, <laughs> we're, we're a ways off. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah. You so know, and will we ever get there? I don't know. I mean. I tend to think that we're not quite going to get there like this Nathan guy, you know, well, that was going to be my, one of my questions. It's Do you just, think a, you know, that's, inevitable. that's like a philosophical, we don't know for sure. You mm-hmm. know, um, I mean, there's so much science fiction. Like I think, uh, an example that comes to mind is Orson Scott card in the Ender's game universe. If you remember, mm-hmm. um, they had this, these things called the ansibles. Which, oh, yeah. which were basically a huge network of all the worlds and everything. And once that got complex enough, then Jane appeared. Jane is a character in those books, and she's an artificial intelligence that sort of appeared in the Matrix, right? In the in the oh, system, okay. she but she spontaneously even... just kind of came to be because things got so complex. But I mention that because there's a school of thought that says. Hey, once you get to a certain level of complexity, your consciousness turns on. 
And huh. I don't know about that. I, I don't really believe that. Um, well, no. Yeah, I mean, but it, that's a fill of, you know, it's just thinking right now. It's, you know, nobody, kind of nobody knows. That, yeah, that, that, that's separating consciousness from spark of life somehow. Yeah, right. Or and and for, for us, you know, we do have the body and the soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's our view yeah. of things. Um, but for a person who doesn't have that, you know, there is no soul. Then they're spent a lot of time trying to explain what consciousness is and, you know, consciousness being self-awareness and, and all, you know, whatever definition they want to come up with. Mm -hmm. Um, but they say, well, okay, because there is no soul, it must come about somehow, uh, in nature. Right. And they're saying that, um, you know, there's an evolutionary reason for consciousness, you know, that, that, and there's genetics and all this stuff, but, the thing that in science fiction I've read a lot of stories that that you know posit you know once the system is complex enough it just turns on. Well, yeah, those are stories. They yeah. are stories. But, yeah, and but then, I that's know all we have right it's now. That we have of we have nothing yeah, but exactly. thinking about it because we have never reached it. So yeah, it doesn't mean it's unreachable. It just means no, we've no, never no. done it. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking out loud about. I don't think I knew that concept before. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The positronic brain. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, quantum yeah. computing. I mean, all this stuff, you know, the, the quantum computing thing's real, you know, it's, it's happening. Um, and that will increase the complexity by a lot. Yeah. And, uh, the speed and stuff. I know it's always interesting thinking about the way people think about machines and people, mm-hmm. the way they try to either align it or look at how they kind of come into conflict with each other. And maybe because I'm starting season three of the next generation huh. with uh, as Rose and I work our way through them mm-hmm. and now the whole family's working their way through them together. <laughs> That's so, nice. That's you know, good. it's a joint thing Love it. and uh, <laughs> the family that treks together stays together. <laughs> and, uh, Mm-hmm. So the Borg are going to come up, you know. Yeah. And uh, well, you've already had. Uh, there's been one, the, the one famous data, the one episode. encounter. Yeah, yeah the one encounter the, where he was. Well, the data episode I'm thinking of. Uh, it's I think it's called the Measure of a Man, where Data was on trial. Didn't that already happen in season yeah, two or something? Yeah, it did. He was I, on I felt trial. It was, you know, I've, because they were saying he wasn't intelligent. or I something. I felt it didn't go far enough, and the argument was weak. Uh-huh. But. Gotcha. I, I mean, uh-huh. I approved of Data getting off and <laughs> that, that he was a man and he's developing and all this stuff. However, yeah, yeah. I did not approve of the winning argument. I felt right. it was uh, – anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, see, they left the room – the door open, right? Yes. So they mm-hmm. leave it open for, well, I don't know, so let's just wait and see. Right, right. But, yeah, thinking of the Borg, I was like, there the idea is humankind is sublimated to the machine mm-hmm. because it's also much more efficient. Right, And it's this idea that efficiency will win all the time. I mean, I know we have seven of nine and all that stuff too, but uh-huh. yeah. that's, what, yeah. that's the interesting thing. Cause that's the new Mr. Spock, but we're not talking about Star Trek. I forgot. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I was just thinking of the, the AI idea and all those, just all the different ways that we look at it and think about it. And that's kind of what makes us even more human because AIs can't do that. <laughs> they can't even pause it. What if there were these things yeah. called humans? Right. So true. Right. You know. Yep. 
And yeah. I think that one of the things that watching her next Machina back to back made me conclude is no matter what we think of them, AI isn't human and never can be. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, it doesn't matter because in one, it's really an alien intelligence in the end. Yeah. Develops into something completely different, which I think is a very honest look. And I wonder what, what do you think the purpose would be to even make a human like robot? Um, you know, there's also a lot of science fiction. If you're creating a robot to do a specific task, the chances are you are not going to make it human-like, right? If you need it to do, uh, you know, like move widgets all day, right. <laughs> all you need is the arm, right? Yeah. And you're going to create an arm that's as specific uh, right. an arm as possible. And, um, you know, uh, you know, people have trouble doing that all day themselves. I mean, that they, they get hurt. And it's mm-hmm. boring, um, you know. There's there's issues there, but the robot could just do that forever. Well, the Blade Runner movies, you know, they're human because they are needed to do things in places that are so dangerous humans can't do it. Yeah, but the if, problem if is if they're was, just a little too human. Yeah, yeah, but again, it would be like, okay, well, if I was going to design like a robot to go into a mine and uh, and save people, you know, and find mm-hmm. out what the situation was, I'd want it to be small. I'd want it to mm-hmm. uh, have wheels. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't design it as a person, you know? So it's so like, it's you know, both... what, what would be the purpose of creating a person-like one? Yeah, um, so it would be both for your, just because to show you're like God, like Nathan does. Yeah, I, that's what I'm I thinking. Can't because I can. Because I can, I think, is the only reason. Or that, a lack of imagination in how to differently design it. Possibly, like, you know, like all I can in, in think Star of is it Wars, be like a human because this is how we do it. Yeah, in Star Wars, you know, how often have we seen a robot sit down and fly a spaceship? <laughs> you know, <laughs> why isn't the spaceship a robot itself? You know, you, it's yeah. just the whole thing just flies itself. You don't need a person there on the steering wheel. Yeah, it that's true. Just uh, could just be uh, the whole thing is a robot. That's true. You know, There's... so you just design it to be the best at whatever it's going to do. There's a um, really fun serial running right now on Dakota Ring Theater. Uh-huh. Bix Banderson versus the Universe. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. And it's like it's a kid's story. Okay. And one, a couple of the characters are voiced by children, but it is so much fun. Oh, neat. And one of the characters is a, and it's a kid who he's 11 years old. And he discovers, um, stumbles across uh, aliens who are going to turn over the report that allows the universe, whatever that is, to come in and destroy the Earth or mm. kill everything on Earth and use the planet for themselves. So he, uh, you know, he's off to save the universe. And he gets different friends, a, mm-hmm. a little robot, a, a, an alien, this kind of thing. But one of the things he gets is the ship. And the ship. It doesn't really have actually fulfilled self awareness uh-huh. until he encourages it just by being a kid and going, No, ship, I believe in you. <laughs> and that combined with a particular aspect of the ship's programming means the ship names itself. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you in case you listen because it's a fun name and it's just a fun show. Oh, but cool. the ship eventually mm-hmm. has consciousness. So it's performing its own stuff. Like you say, just like you say. Here. I love it. That's fun. Yeah. 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 It's super fun. And yeah. it's super logical. Right. 
That's one point cool. the ship's like, he goes, well, ship, do you want to fly? And I'll fire. And the ship goes, you fly. I'm going to fire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. That's, That's so neat. it's uh, exactly mm. what you're saying. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You know, all of this, you know, from a philosophical standpoint makes you think or makes me think, okay, we, we were created and mm-hmm. what were we created for? You know, mm. it's like, you know, if, if we're creating robots for specific reasons, you know, um, what is the human form for, you know, what, what, if, what, if it's an ideal of some type? Well, I feel like, um, both taking a cue from that book, uh, seven glorious days and from my own life, love. Yeah. We yeah. are created, you know, God essentially loved us into existence. He's, we're here because of love. He doesn't need us. Mm-hmm. It's a free gift. And we're here to love each other and to love him and to be loved mm-hmm. by each other and by him. And when that happens, you know, isn't life glorious? Absolutely. Those are the moments we treasure because that's what we're created for. That is a beautiful answer. I can't think of another one. I mean, there's many other facets to it. We parse it down because of everyday life, but that's, you know, it. Yep, that's it. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here just loving that. I I felt ultimately corny when I said it, but I was like, I have zero, but I will have one answer. (laughs) It's it's corny, but here we go. (laughs) You've met me, so yeah. That's the best. Because you're right, you know, that is so true. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the thing that you don't see in generally a lot of nature. Right. Trees don't love. Yeah. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. They're different, you know, they're life. We love them. But they're not us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Our pets, they, we love them and they love us to a very differing degree. Yeah. But it's the people and God and our relationships there. That's it. Right, right. And when we don't have that, we're miserable. And we try to find other ways to fill it up. So very true. Like, like Nathan and Caleb. Like Nathan, yeah. And I Caleb, I mean, we right. keep saying very politely his uh, search results. Well, he said, oh, did you look at my online pornography file? Right there. <laughs> yeah. You know how lonely this poor guy is. Right, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he's being exploited by somebody who doesn't even understand what love is because he himself is pretty kinky with those robots. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine wanting to live alone like that Mm-mm. in that in that way. I can understand wanting to be alone sometimes. I have that. <laughs> but uh living Don't alone is just that's not that's or living alone like he is. I mean, not only is he alone, but he is way out there. Yeah. It would take him a long time to get to somebody. Yeah. And I guess the idea is that it's his laboratory, but he can't, he doesn't seem to have anywhere else where he's just walking down to the corner store. And so those two people, the the two human beings in the story are both isolated and lonely and they react in, in ways that show how starved they are for that in their lives. You know, the drinking bouts, the, um, the fact that Caleb is so lonely, he immediately thrills to talking to the robot, although she's been tailored to him. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, um, and the fact that they can't really even relate to each other, just even as people. So they just, they all needed a good dose of love, man. They did. Early on. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, heavens. So very true. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that was fun. I mean, I enjoyed both these movies. Yep. That was a really, really nice exercise. It was something to watch those back to back. Mm-hmm. Similar but different. And to discuss them, I've enjoyed our conversations yeah. about them, too. Me, too. Me, too. Yep. Yep. Well, cool. So what is coming up next on Good Story? Well, unbeknownst to me, I actually picked the perfect book um, <laughs> because I just thought this all seems pretty heavy, Genesis and these two movies. So I picked something that's a funny book. It is Bellwether by Connie Willis. Yes. Yeah. So Connie Willis is known for writing you know, things like the Doomsday Book, which we read. Yeah. Big, serious novels with touches of humor. But this one is just, it's funny. I mean, there's a point to it. Or Great. we couldn't talk about it. But it's one of her humorous novels. Oh, and it's it. my favorite one of her books. Good. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. That's, that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay. And uh, yeah, I do need to mention that you have a new book out. And, oh. Uh, <laughs> we definitely are going to talk about that. Um, it's, it's Thus Saith the Lord. A Fresh Take on the Prophets by our own Julie Davis. Yay! And it is out, right? Um, it is. Yeah, it's out on, is it on ebook and paper now? Well, no, it's uh, right now as we speak, the uh, COVID virus, COVID-19 yes, or whatever yes. virus is, mm. has got everybody kind of on shutdown. And okay. so the book wouldn't be sent out efficiently by Amazon right now. They're busy sending out tuna and yes. peanut butter, as I understand it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway, um, but the ebook has been made available now. So oh, it is for sale. You can get it. And um, even though that book is about the prophets, there's some good stuff in there in terms of like lightheartedness, Wonderful. how to live yeah. your own life. Agreed. Yes. It's not I've read it so for sure. Oh, yes, yep. you have. It is terrific. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. So cool. Yes, so definitely go get that. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> Absolutely, happy <laughs> to. It. All right. I hope people like it. I know they will. So. Oh, thank you. All right, you bet. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yes, All we'll right. talk to you again soon. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.